Anyways, so I googled it, probably shouldn't say that, but anyways, um, God has five spiritual senses. If you want to count six, go ahead and count the sixth one, um, which consists of sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. We're going over touch tonight. The Bible explains healing and how people cried um, out for Jesus to heal them in one of them, which like one of the verses which had stuck out to me was, it, I'll, I'll paraphrase a little, but it said, I knew if I touched his cloak, I would be healed. What do you think that means? Does anybody have anything? Like, take a stab at it. Jabby jab. Courage, right? And I read later on that it said that when the lady had touched it, it was her faith that was there, and it was strong, and it was very alive, I should say. So in in Mark 8:22, it tells us how the blind man wanted Jesus to touch him. Okay, he was in the village, and the people brought him, like. The people gathered him up and like brought him to Jesus and begged him to heal him. And Jesus had brought the blind man outside of the village where he then did heal him. And then he asked the blind man, what do you see? And the blind man explained how he could see people in trees. And then he, Jesus responded with, he, like he explains not to go back into the village. Does anybody want to take a jab at what that also meant? Why he said that too? Why you said which part? Like why not to go back into the village? Healed you from. It's almost as a sign of healing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. You need to realize that spiritually, you have to take cleansers. You know, whenever you feel like you've eaten so, like, for example, if you feel like you've eaten so bad, you have to take a cleanser, right? Like you do a watermelon diet. Everybody knows what happens when you eat too much watermelon. Yes. That's what that's like what you do. Or if you want to clear your palate, you eat something really gross. <laughs> yeah, that's what yes. you do. Something with a strong flavor like ginger. Or wasabi. I don't know. But that's that's exactly what you do. So to realize that the Bi- the Bible also explains on uncleanliness touch. So it said I read on that in a different script somewhere, I forgot, I'm sorry. It said that if you touch like a dead corpse, and it was using like an analogy that 
it was just unclean. very unclean. Yeah, like if you touch a dead animal, it's like ewy. Ew. And then another one that I wanted to explain. Am I going too fast for anyone? No? Are we all keeping up? Okay, great. Anyways, so when the crucifix happened, we all either read it or we saw the movie. There's a movie on it. It was when the blood had hit the ground and it, I remember it, like the heavens and the earth, they started to shake because of the blood, it hit the ground. And we all know how blood is like a pure kind of thing. And it's like cleaning, cleanses you. Mm -hmm. So with that, what do you think the blood did to the ground, to earth? It cleansed it. It cleansed it. <laughs> This is gonna be fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then when the blood had hit the ground, the Romans were really lost, right? They were extremely lost. Like what just happened? Why did this happen? And they had realized that they made a very, very huge mistake. <clears throat> and it had created a sensation of pure grace and mercy and love. Now I want you all to sink that in, like let it sink in, let it marinate in your brain for a hot minute. Okay. Now realize how the way touch is connected with God. If I were to touch Maggie here, I'm going to hold her hand like this. What? <laughs> I'm going to touch her. I'm connected with her. So in a way that you can connect with God and you can actually feel God and touch him is prayer. If you're, what? Lifting the hands. Yes, prayer. And then if sometimes, if you're driving, you can be like, oh man, I forgot to pray this morning before I got in my car. Pray on the way to work, pray on wherever you're going. I remember my first day driving by myself, I prayed that I wouldn't get into a wreck. And then I prayed for the rest of my day. I, I'm still here. I'm still here, aren't I? So, and prayer isn't just the only way that you can connect with God and touch him and feel his love. It's also through music. Now, I absolutely love listening to Indiana Bible College. Favorite, favorite group to listen to for worship. It's very good. And sometimes if I feel like, oh, maybe I don't have time to do this, but I can do this because it only takes me like seven minutes, then why not? It's no biggie. I like to throw on Indiana Bible College for that, to feel and connect with God. And we all know how speaking it has the same power. Realize that if you just go and touch somebody when they're praying and you feel like this has nothing, this is pointless, it has power. When you speak it, too. Touch and speaking 
has a lot of power. Questions, comments, and concerns? I'll take one complaint. One, just one, half of one. We haven't even discussed. So there's a concern. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so I want to backtrack a little bit because I do have scripture. <laughs> I thought I was on the same page, baby. I was about to I wasn't going to so hit it. Go. <laughs> I wasn't going to hit it. Yeah, 2 Peter 1, 5, and 6, uh, NLT says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness. So what I'm backtracking to is your question of why not, why did Jesus tell the guy not to go back to his village? Because now he knows what he has. He can literally see what he has now as compared to what he couldn't, as to what he didn't have or thought he had, but really didn't have, maybe. Right. There were so many. It's fine, because I'm closing up to this for two. It's fine. When you, and I'm going to be louder than y'all are, so when you, when you read parables and you read, uh, scripture and things like this, you, it's very dimensional. It's, it's not just one dimension. And you, you look at it from a lot of different ways. So he told the blind man not to go back. Well, because we're not supposed to go back to the life that we used to live, right? Yes. But it was, it was more than that because Jesus, it wasn't time for people to know who he was or what he was doing yet. So he didn't want the blind man to go and tell everybody yet. Look what this man did for me. Oh, and I have scripture to back that one up. Right. First Timothy 6 and 6. Uh, I guess the message says it better, but I'm going to read NLT too. Uh, NLT says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Message says, a devout life does bring wealth, but it's the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. Right. Everything we do is about being close to God and being who we are. When, when people were, when the lady with the issue of blood was healed, I love that Milana used that scripture, because when she was healed, it wasn't the act of touching Jesus that healed her. Because I can touch anybody, right? So it wasn't the physical, I'm going to go lay my hands on him that healed her. It was the faith that if I can get to this man, then he can do something for me. It, it was her belief in what God could do in her life that healed her. The touch was a symbolic. When we touch something, it, it's like the, the physical representation of what we're believing and of what we're thinking and what we're, we're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, um, you see people do stuff in prayer, like you'll, you'll hear a pastor say, you know, everybody touch a wall or lay your hands on somebody. It's not that your, your physical touch does anything, because it doesn't, right? You don't feel a thing when I, when I touch you. It's the faith behind it. It's the faith behind the act. It's the belief behind 
the act. Because what person just automatically believes if I put my hand on this north wall, my city saved? Well, that's, that's out there, isn't it? That's out there. But the act, the faith behind the act of I'm reaching out my hand, I'm, I'm asking heaven to go out into this city and save it is what does the work. Yes. Right? So it's, it's, not that, it's not that the actual physical touch is so important. It's what's behind it. Yes. See, when Milana, I wasn't there, but from what I've been told, when Milana prayed at the old church that night, something moved in you to do that, right? It wasn't your actual putting your hands on the ground, but it was the faith behind it. When God moved on you to do that, and you were obedient, that's when heaven responds. Right? Yep, absolutely. So touch is important because it, it's a physical manifestation of what we think and what we believe. Mm -hmm. If you didn't believe that God was gonna do something, you'd have never done it, right? I mean, I wouldn't if I didn't believe Oh, like if I wasn't in the Holy Ghost and man, God is going to do something, I w I'm not going to put my hands on it. Could, could um, touch be a thing, like could touch also make something happen uh, just out of obedience? Like, let's say God tells you to go lay your hands on a person, even if you don't think that it's like him or even if you don't think it's going to do anything, does you just still putting your hands on them, like, make God move? Just because he says, oh, you actually went to go do it anyways? Yes. Mm -hmm. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So if I move in obedience, then yes, God is going to, God's going to respond. Nice. Yes. And then in turn, I guess that'll build up your faith next time. Of course. Yeah. Right. And it also kind of goes back to, and I heard this in a message from, again, Pastor Court Chavis out of Truth Chapel, that he, Jesus healed three or four different blind men three or four different ways. Because if he had continued to heal in the same manner, I think he used the, the example of spitting in dirt and then putting it in the guy's eyes. Right. If, he, if, we only, if he healed only in that way, he, sa uh, he said, then every church would have a special jar of dirt just for healing blind eyes. Yeah. Right. It would become a tradition. So yes, more so a tradition than an act of faith. So it's not just, so that goes in with it, it's not just you put your hand on the wall, it's going to do something, it's that you have to have some kind of faith in you. So yes. touch doesn't have power in itself unless it has faith or obedience behind it? Right. Yes. And, it, and we can even stretch touch to as far as being very, very minute touch. Not, you know, our hands or our feet physically touching something. But like in Daniel 1 and 8, uh, King James Version says, but Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. 
Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. That's a very minute, I would almost argue unthought of type of touch because it's something that's touching your lips, touching your tongue, and then on the way down, you know how biology does its thing, it's touching you physically inside. Like a lot of people are like, well, everything you do matters, every single choice you make, and a lot of times that thing is like, okay, sure. But that kind of gives reference to even the smaller things that you don't think is important matter. Yep. Everything matters. And, and we, do, we do get into a place where, where we think that it doesn't because we don't always see the immediate effect of it. And so we get complacent and we get to a point where we just like, ah, nothing's gonna happen because I haven't seen the effect of what I did the last time. And there are times when you don't see the effect until the snowball is bigger than you can handle. But the, the truth of the matter is, like she said, everything matters. Yes? If not everything happens immediately, like let's say, let's say you're praying for somebody for a healing, right? And you, you have faith and you're praying for them, so you touch them and everything. And then they don't get healed immediately. Because I, I think it's possible you could probably get healed like maybe the next day or later that day. Um, but the person that you're praying for doesn't have the faith because they're like, oh, like, I'm still in this wheelchair or I, you know, I still can't see. Does, does that interfere with it a lot? Or is it, or is it your faith that builds up in them and then they believe it later? It can, it can interfere a lot, yes. One thing, and this is common in our whole movement, but one thing that we have to keep in mind is that healing is a process. Yes. Healing is not something that happens immediately. Miracles happen immediately. So if someone is in a wheelchair and we're praying for that person and we want to see them walk, we should be praying for a miracle. But if we're praying for a healing, it might take years for that to come to fruition because healing is a process. It's something that happens over time. But it, that's kind of a, it gets a little bit t sticky because um, you, you have to go back to motive. If you're praying for someone in a wheelchair and you want them to walk, why, why do you want that to happen? Is it because, are you praying for them because you, you want them, you understand their situation and you want something better for them? Are you praying just because you want to see the miraculous? Are you know you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's what gets in the way. Um, sometimes it's it's the person that you're praying for. They may not have faith. They may not. It. I'm gonna use deaf people as an example because a lot of times deaf people do not want to be healed. They don't want to hear because they have their own culture, they have their own community, and if they become a hearing person, then they're, they're no longer a part of that and they don't know where they fit in. They're not part of the hearing world and they don't know the hearing world. So I know, I personally know deaf people that have said, don't pray for me to hear. I like the way I am, I like myself the way that I am. So if somebody goes up to them 
and just starts praying for their for them to hear why are you praying that prayer? Because you want them to get hear. But is is God going to honor your request over theirs for their for their own life? Do you see what I'm saying? So it, there are a lot of factors that play into it. And truthfully, most of the time, we're not going to know exactly why it didn't happen. Um, but it's not necessarily a lack of faith on the person praying. Now, don't misunderstand me. I think people that go to pray for disabled people have all of the best intentions. I really do. I don't think there's anybody that walks up to them and goes, I'm going to pray for this so that people think I healed them. I, I don't think that. I think they have all the best intentions because you see somebody and you see the hardships surrounding their life. If you're in a wheelchair, that's rough. That's a hard thing to deal with day to day. So I think everybody's intentions are the best, but there are a lot of factors that play into why it does or doesn't happen. And, you know, we may not ever know the answer to that. Sometimes you can sit down and talk to them and say, like, do you believe God? Can heal you? Do you want God to, to perform a miracle in your life? And you may get some answers, but you don't always have that opportunity. The important thing is when you leave from that kind of a situation is to not be discouraged. Because usually it's not necessarily something you did or didn't do. It may not be God's time. You know, it may not be something that person wants. It, you just never really know. But if God moves on you to go and lay hands on them, by all means, do it. The, the key is to knowing why God wants you to lay hands on them. It may not be for healing. He, it may be for encouragement. It might be for you. It might be for you. Because Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says it like this. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. I'm sorry, this is really, really tiny. That's okay. <laughs> it may be for you. That's true. We just have to, we have to always remember why we do what we do. And it's always for the glory and the kingdom of God. And so if it doesn't happen the way I think it should have happened, well, that's perfect because it went God's way. Right? Mm -hmm. As long as we can keep that in mind, then we remain in a place where God can use us because then he's going to trust that all the glory goes to him. Were you done? Mm -hmm. That was all. That was, that was good. You did a great job, man. Now I'm going to jump subjects. Because I think it's interesting. She brought up the cross and Calvary and the blood and the blood hitting the ground. There's something else that happened when the blood hit the ground. Does anybody know what it is? Claire? That's exactly right. The Bible says when the blood hit the ground that the dead walked. No. I'm not going to tell you the answer. I want you to study it. Why did that happen? Who, uh, can you tell us who was it? 
It says the dead. Conspiracy yeah. theories that I've been watching lately. The light, the oh light through, but the rays from the sun that cause us to age were blocked by like, water. Bro, I've So before, before the we'll flood, talk, we'll talk. the earth was watered from the ground. The water came up from the ground. Okay. Yes, he could. And one more question. How long did it last? 
until the flood happened. It lasted from when Earth was created until the flood happened. So the water just like fell from the sky. Yes. How was it? So Noah was in the water. Noah was not in the water. Noah was in the ark. talk about once we're done. So, I want you to look up, read, study why 